Are you kidding me? That's what? Yeah, every so often it happens that Ryan is right. 100% right. Not even a little <laughs> bit right. Tucker Pullman, two points last game. No kidding. My man. Hey, neither does me running shirtless, but that turned out very well. It so. did. <laughs> Welcome to the PP1 podcast. Oh, man. You guys are expecting Ted. We'll get to that in a second. Welcome to the maiden voyage of the PP1 podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am joined by a guy that, I I mean, geez, if you're following the Canucks, if you don't know who Chris Faber is, then seriously, you need to move. This is this is different. This feels weird. Ted will be here shortly. We're good. But I, I want to cherish as much time as I get with Mr. Faber. Chris, it's been a minute. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, doing good. Uh, keeping very busy. Got a wedding planning going on right All now right. that's going to be uh right before the hockey season actually so uh that's kind of like i got back to back back weekends of like a wedding and then young stars and then you know training camp and it's off so like it's a a busy time but uh, a fun time too so i'm also just feeling great that the hockey season is over for the canucks like the fact that the big news of the day is like uh they signed scott walker's kid to an hl contract oh, I, I love that now there i saw something is he bald <laughs> Someone was saying like, man, the Canucks love their bald guys. And I was looking, I'm like, I don't have time. I'm working, going through. I'm like, someone's going to tell me later. So that was, that's the big news of the day. I think it's after he signs, right? Like, uh, you know, you either had to be part of the group before, or now it's like, eh, start going bald. Like, remember the Pedersen photos that came out oh, last yeah. year? Everyone's like, oh, he's looking more and more like a Sedine. Yeah. I feel like, like next year around the same time, he's looking more and more like Patrick Alvin. Yeah. Who, by the way. I looked this up a while ago. Like, do you know anything about Patrick Alvin's playing days? No. So I <laughs> I didn't know either. I, I want to look this up so I get the actual number right. He was a goon when he played. Like he played in the Swedish uh, first division. Yeah. And I got I want to get the number because it's it's pretty ridiculous how many penalty minutes he had in one of his seasons. So just give me a quick second here. Elite prospects, good sight, takes a little while. Uh, to load up we're all good so in 1997-98 season yeah alvin was playing in division one which i guess is like evolved into the shl at this okay point. This is yeah, the top, yeah top league in sweden right right he played in 28 games and he had 139 penalty minutes in those 28 games i'll say that one more time 139 penalty minutes in 28 games so wow. he's averaging you know five plus minutes a game so and a major so for I, sure yeah, I didn't think uh, he was that type of guy. Like, I, I, so you know, I don't know what he's grittier on. than we give him credit for, I think. Very much so. Like, even in the ECHL, he was 104 penalty minutes in 51 games. Like, oh, man. Yeah, the, the numbers shocked me a little bit there. I thought he was more of a finesse defenseman. Like, that's what I would have imagined. So we had Dave Haxtell on uh, two summers ago before Kraken started up, and which was uh, a lot of fun. And so we're going back and forth. Dixon Ward and him are boys from, like, forever ago. And I'm thinking like, man, like he's, you know, he's done okay. And I'm going through and checking out stats and everything. I look, I'm like, holy crap. Um, you enjoyed the penalty box a lot. And it sounds like uh, he, he didn't enjoy being still. Let's put it that way. So it was, uh, it's always fun to see the guys are like, wow, there's, they're so, they're so kept. Um, yeah. Some of those guys, uh, they want to, they want to rechange they they want to change their their persona a little bit, so that's fine. You know, we all have a past. I guess it's just you now we can go back and find out what it is. And thankfully, Hockey DB and Elite Prospects and all that, uh, 
Yeah, nothing's nothing's hidden anymore. Um, I should probably let everybody know too on uh, our show that you can comment along on Facebook and YouTube. I don't know about Twitter yet. After we left Restream, uh, now we're back on StreamYard, so I, I can't remember if you can comment. If you can on Twitter, let us know just so we can test that. We can promote you. We can promote keep it keeping a chat going. I don't know. You guys have your own thing. You're you're too famous now. You're like, yeah, we actually are just YouTube. We don't we don't need the other channels. So. I'm sure you well, do. Somebody needs like uh, maybe this is out there and I don't know about it, but like it'd be great to have a chat on the live show from all the different things. Yes, like t- Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube. Like if you can get all of that in one spot, I'm sure there is something. So we have that. Out there listening. So we oh, kind of okay, have okay. that. So like right now, um, we had a scoreboard update. I'm just going to throw this out here. Um, I do have the game on. So this is from YouTube. Uh, so you can check that out. So it's still, there's a live stream going on on the network as well for, uh, the game, which is overtime. And what's, we all know the rule about overtime, right? First minute, last minute, nothing in the middle. So it's, it's pretty rare. You see a goal, like the 10 minute mark or the 12 minute mark of overtime. If you haven't scored in the first minute and things start getting back and forth, you're going to get within the last minute or two. So we, we got a chance here, maybe Florida figure something out rooting for our boy Luongo to maybe make it to the cup. Wouldn't that be something, hey? Yeah, I think the only guy who's allowed to score in between, like, the 18 minutes in between that you mentioned are, like, third-pairing defensemen. Oh, yeah. They're the only people who are allowed to score in that time zone. But then, like, the forwards, they're just like, ah, it's got to dump and chase until that, you know, till uh, the announcer gets on and says 60 seconds left. But, yeah, like, honestly, if you look at the final four teams here, Luongo is the biggest story that I'd be rooting for to win the cup. And that's like, I feel like that's saying a lot because I'm not even talking about a player who's playing on the ice. Yeah. And I know Luongo meant a lot to Canucks fans, but it's like, there's not really a story that I'm like, this guy who's been around, like, you know, Joe Pavelski's been around. Like, that's, it'd be cool for him to maybe get a cup, right? Like, that would yeah. be a little bit fun, but, you know, and everybody kind of likes the Hurricanes, but honestly, the guy I'm rooting for the most to be able to have the cup in his hands, yeah, it has to be Roberto Luongo. I, for me, I, I mean, they got to face off here. Uh, for me, and I, people are going to hate me for this, but I, if Vegas is in the final again, I'm sorry, but I, I think Vegas is now the favorite to to make something that I think anyway. I think Mark Stone has been uh, a little bit quiet. They just, I feel like there is, like, they're about to blow up and not, I'm not going to say run the table, but it's definitely looking like Vegas is, is primed just because if they've been there that many times already. Now they've got Jack Eichel. Goaltending, I mean, Aiden Hill is, like, you can't figure out Vegas, I think, is what's going on. And, I mean, Dallas would make sense to be there as well. But, geez, it's, I don't know. If Vegas were to win, like, I was really hoping for Vegas-Seattle. I think, you know, if if I like quirky stuff. So, <laughs> like, yeah, let's get the expansion series. But, I mean, Vegas has just been, like, they know how to do playoffs. If you've been to a game in uh t-mobile it's uh it's a zoo it's basically a giant club with a hockey game in the middle and i I don't know i i wouldn't mind seeing vegas win and i know that goes against a lot of things i believe in okay let's bring this first of all dylan you know the guy that's likely paying my bills going forward uh (laughs) we got we do have faber on See, we became friends a long, long time ago. We we broke bread at. Uh, did we go to Cecil's? I can't remember. Yes. Um, oh no, we just went yes. for beer. I think. No, we went for beer. I went to Cecil's with probably with uh, Brady. With Brady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Me there, and uh, 
That was off of a Cole Lind recommendation as well as your guys' recommendation. Oh, man. Shout out to Cecil's. They're like 30 years now, I think, now. So the prices are through the roof, but still worth it, unfortunately. And here is the question you and I were talking about off air. Is that an Ikea shirt? So you and I have debated this. I debated this since I also have the shirt, the EP40. So it, it definitely is Ikea. But we were looking because I was always wondering, like, is it like WD-40 or is it the Ikea? Because if you were to compare the logos, they're they're, they're pretty close, right? Like, they're pretty close. But you and I did, uh, you did the sleuthing yourself. And I, I believe... I believe it's fair that uh, that it is uh, the IKEA shirt. Yeah, we we spoke about the round bottom on, uh, on WD forty, <laughs> which I mean, maybe it's a little bit of both because because like yeah, the the design is IKEA, but IKEA doesn't have a forty in it. That's true. WD forty has a forty in it, so it's a hybrid so shirt. Know. Maybe it's a hybrid, it's a hybrid shirt. shirt. It's greasy, Absolutely that's is, for sure. Yeah. Just like WD forty. So you and Dylan apparently go way back. Yeah, like Do- grade eight. So, oh man, uh, we were we went to we're the same age same high school so yeah we went to all of high school together and and had a the podcast before uh i was on a podcast with him before the uh hockey podcast network as well so uh question for you does he play baseball like did you ever play any any sports with him at all uh yeah he me and him were i tell you what the old uh ndss duo at uh, in gym class like if me and Dill got on the same team, that team is winning like 26 to 2 normally. Or maybe like 26 to 12 because we didn't play much defense. But Dill and I were quite the uh, the duo offensively in like high school floor hockey for sure. I was going to say floor hockey is where uh, that's where relationships are made. Did you have, and he was, So he was your boy basically in like ball hockey and stuff out, out in high school. It's funny how you have like that one guy that I remember I had like uh, a center and a winger in like ball hockey. I'm like... It's it was just school, nowhere else. But like when that group got together, like some magic happened. Like it didn't mean anything beyond that gym, but magic happened. Oh yeah, we had it. Like you know, back in the day, it was on the streets, right? Like uh, my elementary school was uh, the hockey court was on a hill. It was like very slanted hill, so you only played half court, and you had to get out to half because we would play full court, and nobody loves running uphill when no. playing hockey. Like so, that was brutal. Uh, but in my like elementary school as well, the, there was a one half of it. And then I guess one of the ends was also like a very tall metal fence. Yeah. And we would allow hitting because it was like, if you remember this, what we used to call them like the duties or whatever, that's what they were called. It was the people in that walked around during recess and, you know, made sure the kids weren't screwing around. They're normally wearing like monitors, monitors, monitors. That's probably the week. I don't know why we called them duties. Maybe that was a French Island kids. Maybe. at a French school, yeah, French island, who's who knows what's going on there. But yeah. we would wait, and as soon as they turned the corner, hitting was allowed. No. Oh. And then when they got around to the corner, they, oh, there's – and you could see them because they were wearing these bright the bright orange vests. Yeah. You, you could spot them from a mile away. So it was very easy to, like, turn hitting on and turn hitting off. It was like a video game. Almost. No like, kidding. Was, yeah, penalties. You want reduced penalties. You want icings too. Like, no, hitting, fighting. <laughs> We had, I remember uh, my cousin uh, out when we were, well, I mean, I've lived in Kelowna basically my whole life. So uh, their second house, I think, they were uh, up in East Kelowna there, and he was on a cul-de-sac. And we would usually, we started playing like Blades too, right? So, but like, <laughs> same thing. We we had the, we had two nets, but if you shot it past way too far, the cul-de-sac, and then that hill was so steep, like it was a workout. Like you wanted to be going uphill and playing because if you were going the other way, I usually 
think we kind of tweaked it too so you wouldn't have to uh have to be running downhill or anything because it all like the whole game like you lost 20 minutes of time there he is there he is <laughs> folks this is ted's debut his main voyage also on the hockey podcast network welcome to the show yeah welcome how's welcome the house me. that sounds weird hey welcome favor how are you man good to see you Teddy, we've been trying to get you on for a long time. We really appreciate you hopping in here, joining us here on uh, on the main voyage of the PP1 podcast wow. on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're wow. happy to have you. Wow, wow. Oh, this man. this has come full circle. Um, I, we're gonna have to redo the contract after I think because Faber's <laughs> like, do I get any any cheddar off of this if I just stay on a little bit longer? So Faber gets all the cheddar. Hey, when you're in town next time, it's gonna be progies on me, man. Yeah, no, I love to hear. I mean, that's, I was really sad that I didn't make the trip up to Kelowna for Young Stars last year. And this year, I'm like, okay, I got to take a, a couple extra days and make that. It's what, one hour drive from Penticton up to Kelowna? Not even? Uh, not even. About, yeah, yeah, not that bad. What about me? I live here already. How about progies on you like this weekend? We can go for yeah. progies, Ryan. Yeah, nice. No, don't say that on the show. Don't just, don't, don't <laughs> give me lip service, man. I actually, I'm, I might be able to parlay that. Hey, babe. Uh, Ted says that he's taking us for Cecil's this weekend. Yeah. And right before you got on here, Ted, Ryan was just saying how expensive those these damn pierogies are. They are. The price is going I, up. I, there, I haven't but... been there in like a couple of years, it seems. But yeah, like I don't even know what there's the pierogies and there's this one called like, I think it's the students, right? You get the... I, all the time. Yeah. Lichnaya or something like that. It's like this crepe thing that they roll up and they fill with like cream cheese. And no, stuff kind of like, oh. that's different. Oh. That's like the Dustin's well, or something. Okay. Yeah. The Dustin, I mixed it up. It's a good one too. That's That's my go-to. Are you guys in Canada? I don't need the smoke, but I need the cheese bun. I don't know who Jeff is. Jeff Nelson. Yes, we are absolutely in Canada. So for anybody that doesn't know us, we should probably get a little bit of uh, housekeeping out of the way. For anybody that doesn't know about the PP1 podcast, first of all, shame on you. We've been around for four years. We were we were around when podcasting, everyone thought, decided they needed one. So we're, we're in that Back group. We were still getting together to have podcasts. Oh, man. That's mostly on you, I think, though, Ted. Um like that that's something like that so yeah we're uh, based out of Kelowna uh, uh well Kelowna proper ish kind of whatever uh Chris Faber obviously is in Vancouver everybody knows that you know you see his face you know what's going on like I said if you're if you're if you follow the Canucks you you know what's going on with Faber he's he's the king now he started from the bottom now he's here um yeah yeah we're Kelowna we talk Canucks we we have other guests as well uh from around the NHL being that we live in Kelowna we get some uh we got some we got some pretty decent guests. So uh, actually, hoping to get Dixon Ward back on pretty soon. So that'll be uh, he's always a good time. Maybe we'll wait till after the playoffs, and maybe we can get our buddy uh, Dave Haxall back on too, and he can uh, talk about his his preparation for next season and how the Canucks. Maybe we can get a good in. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um yeah. Anyway, yeah, we're absolutely from Canada. We're from Kelowna, best part of Canada, best part of the West Coast, best coast. Um. We were just talking about Chris's shirt, about Ikea, but I feel like we should probably talk. I got very little Canucks talk aside from a few things. First and foremost... That must be, like, that must be how you do it, right? You rock an Ikea shirt when you're like getting all those pre-interviews. Like You were the you were the first guy to like have a combo with Hoaglander when he was you know, not, even a, not even like a full-fledged Canuck yet. You seem to get all these like <laughs> Swedish guys first and foremost before anyone else. You're the guys, you guys are jumping on to get in the interviews. It's, it's the Ikea shirt. Call of Duty, like Call of Duty with Godet and yeah oh no of course i mean i i think uh 
those players it's funny to deal with too because like you you know when i first talked to niels huglander it was right before he went to the world junior it was like four days you guys remember the goal that he scored to start the world yeah 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 lacrosse goal uh against finland and it was like four days before that and yeah he so what i've learned about sweden is i believe from those who are from the north of sweden don't speak or they don't learn english very like in the south of sweden is very much uh bigger cities and up north is like hunting and fishing territory uh, so his English wasn't great, but it's been cool to develop that. And that there was a point this season, I remember all the media members were all in, uh, it was just like a, a non game day. So you could kind of request a one-on-one. Uh, and some people asked for, you know, Luke Shen at the time or, or the regulars that were at Curtis Lazar was very good to deal with basically everybody that got traded. Yeah. Uh, and I requested Niels Huglander and everyone's like, uh, like Why? You know, good luck. Like, don't, uh, you're not going to get much there. And like, probably 12 minutes of like a one-on-one and everybody like J Pat and, and Murph like, they're like, how'd you do that? I was just like, I you don't, don't listen like, to my show. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Like the, yeah, some of the, I mean, there, there are certain players you have to like, I don't know that are a little bit too tough. Like Danilo Klimovich at the start. I, I never aired the interview. Cause I was like, I don't know if this is going to go well. He only really knew the word like sniper and shooting at the time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, I don't know how this is going to play over podcast, but yeah, it's been the pro the prospect. That's been my thing, man. I love talking to these guys and watching them develop. And you know, what's so cool is like, I've been doing this for, five six years now and and some of these guys that i talked to at 18 are now 23 24 aiden mcdonough like i nobody was talking to him when he was a seventh round pick and not nobody thought he's going to be anything and to see him at the nhl it's just you know to see those stories like come finally full circle here and they are some of them in the nhl or yeah down the road in abbotsford it's really cool it is a lot of fun to to see them finally get to that level because i just i know how much these guys work for that to see them actually achieve their goals it's pretty awesome to see that you've had mcdonough on a few times too yeah, he's, uh, I think he's second on our show. Rathbone's been on like seven times, and then like McDonough's maybe like four or five up uh, in the history of our show, anyways. Yeah. And then you had like the, uh, you had the Wu interview just recently. So maybe that's the thing. If you don't talk to Faber, I mean, really, there's no chance. You're going to have to talk to you guys first before you make a chance to get the show, right? So I love the Klimovich, though, thing. The fact that he comes down here, you only knows the word sniper. I feel like that's obviously a perfect fit for a guy like that. Are you stoked with the upcoming draft, like knowing that we're not just going to be, reaching for like second round picks and just going for home run guys although potentially we could sort of put a little more thought into what's going to happen for this draft yeah most definitely and i think that's going to be interesting the fact that the canucks don't have a second round pick i think you really have to explore the options of what you want to do with the 11th overall i think there's such a weird crop between basically like five and 20 where you can really make a case for anybody to be a solid pick for the for the Canucks at 11 so I'm curious to see if they do want to drop down add a pick but it's like we say it every year and you know some years they end up trading the first round pick for no other picks but a lot of the time they end up just making the picks I don't think they're going to end up moving and there's a lot of players at 11 that you're going to be really excited about and you're going to hear them say like you know we had them ranked sixth on our list and we're happy to get them at 11 but I don't care who it is. Whoever's picking out 11 is going to tell you that the guy they had that they had there was like number six on their list. Like oh, that's sure. going to come out no matter what. That's, that's just lip service. Yeah, it was like, it's never seventh. It's always six. Like, yeah, we actually had him fourth and we're yeah. actually very surprised. Like, no, you didn't. Like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I said, we're going through the list just recently. Like, I mean, it's mock season, right? It's not to the intensity that we get in the NFL, but it is mock season right now. So, like, I've seen everybody from Dvorsky go to, to the Canucks. I've seen, you know, Tom Willander's a big one. Obviously, that Sats guy. I mean, we're, we're, we're still seeing um, Sandin Palika, you know, mocked constantly, which is the one that I feel like I'm most afraid of. You know, is there a guy that you 
want the Canucks to select that you feel like is going to be there. And I, I feel like we should re- remove Reinbacher's name for that list because I just feel like that's not going to happen in terms of history. So is there a guy that you sort of really want Vancouver to go to? And then I also want to know who you think they're going to select. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I wish that Reinbacher didn't rise so hard over the past like few months because I, I remember writing about him in January and I was blown away with what he was doing uh, in that Swiss League. Just that Swiss League is such a good league for evaluating a defenseman because it's like it's really hard for checking it's really good back and forth quick action like you have to skate real there's a reason jake Bertana didn't make it in that league you have to skate really hard in that yeah, league and back check and, and for check and effort and all those things so he he is the perfect pick for at 11 but you mentioned it i can't mention him on the list um i probably would go with dvorsky i i think if he's actually a center which it seems to look like he is uh his play at the world i mean the world champion the u18s like that really probably rose his stock to being a top 10 pick. But if he's going to be a guy who slides down, like I, I know that you can do all these mock drafts. You can see all these wingers going in the top 10. I just think once you get to draft day, you're not going to pass on a winger or a defenseman. It's kind of like what you said, Ted, with, with Reinbacker. Like we're not going to see the first draft in what is it? 30 or 40 years since uh, a defenseman hasn't gone in the top 10. You're going to see a defenseman go. Um, and I do think it's going to be Reinbacker off the board first. I, I think the name that I like, I really like Colby Barlow as well, but he's a winger. So I don't know if you want to really go that route. He's a different type of winger than we've seen the Canucks draft in the past, you know, big body, strong for checking. He's a, a good kid out of the OHL. He's an option. Um, also the Vancouver giants have that, that kid uh, trying to remember his name now uh, blanking on it, but uh, they got a, they got a good little winger there. Hanzik, I believe uh, yeah. Samuel Hanzik, I think Hanzik. is his name. So he's an option. I like Matthew Wood, but when I saw him play live in the BCHL, that was two years ago. I wasn't super impressed with him, uh, but I think he's made big changes since he's gone up to the NCAA. He's an option as well. Uh, but there's also going to be guys that probably fall out of the spot that, you know, maybe Vancouver did actually have at six, like whether it be a Will Smith or an Oliver Moore, like I can see one of these guys being a guy who slides. Like if you think back to even just last draft, I don't think anybody had Shane Wright going down to four. And I think we can see a very similar type of thing, but because we kind of know who the top three picks are going to be with the Mitch situation, like with the Smith and more and these guys that are going to be options, the falling probably starts at four, right? Like that's when you could see someone reach for Ryan back you could see someone, if they really like ASP go with him. So uh, this draft is really wide open after that top three, but I don't think there's much of a, you know, much to be changed in that top three. It's going to be Bedard. It's going to be either Carlson or Fantilli. But after that, it's really a crapshoot from like four on to like 15. So I don't know who they're going to get. I would like Dvorsky, though, in the end. Um, okay. For Mitchkoff, we, we've seen the Russian drop lately again. And how far do you think he actually drops? I mean, real. Capitals, it's it's, it's kind of seven, right? Yeah, yeah it's just kind of tough because like, you know, we've seen uh, you know, we've seen Pod Colson drop. I mean, we're not saying they're the same player, but. We've seen this drop happen a few times. Is it going to be the same thing, or do you think they're going to be like, you know what, it's it's worth the pick. We should be getting this guy. I just I find it so hard for a general manager to be like, I'm going to take Mitchkov, because think about the teams that are in the position that are drafting in the top seven. They are not playoff teams. They yeah. are far from playoff teams. Right. Uh, teams that are far from the playoffs don't normally keep their GMs around for four or five more years, and no, that might true. be the situation that Mitchkov is in. So. I think you have to be really comfortable with either your position or in my eyes, like it could be looked at the other way too. It really could be looked at the opposite way of like, Hey, at least like we're a bad team, but at least that prospect pool has Mitch Cobb coming. Like maybe that's something the GM could use in the complete opposite way of what I just said. So right. I think 
that situation will be interesting. I don't think he gets past the Capitals. I think they've done such a good job of bringing Russians over and knowing the situation of when you draft a Russian that they won't be scared to take him. And, and like we said, it was a seventh, right? I don't think yeah. he'll get past them. Okay. Yeah. That was kind of like, uh, I mean, in the Benning era, like that was, I think that was one of the bits of praise that we gave Benning was when he selected Puckles. That was a brave pick, right? I mean, yeah, it was. Who, who, who would have known that he was going to be, a, I mean, I didn't think he was going to be around that long, but that's how it worked out anyways, right? I mean, he got to be here to watch him at least see the light of day. Who do you not want the Canucks to call up when it's their pick at 11? It's Axel Sandin Pelica for sure. Um, I think he looks really good in the J20 league and the J18 leagues, but he plays like a rover. He plays like a forward. Uh, I think he really needs to understand what he has to do at the next level to be successful. And listen, he got an opportunity to do that. He played 22 games in the SHL. He got an opportunity to at least see like, hey, this is the level where I need to step my game up and maybe not be the first guy for checking you know, and things like this that a defenseman just shouldn't do. And, and I think there's a lot of, small defenseman offensive skill here but i also remember falling in love with victor soderstrom uh in his draft and i was like i love the way this guy attacks he's so aggressive i'm seeing a lot of similar things so it's like yeah victor soderstrom is going to be an nhl player i just kind of look at that similar to sandy pelican i'm like he, he is going to play in the nhl but i don't think he has that high of a ceiling and i think he has a pretty low floor because of his size and the way he plays so uh, i actually like tom willander better than him like sandy pelican is probably the fourth or fifth defenseman I think in this draft, but he's going to end up going to top 15 because somebody's going to like that play style. I just, I don't think he has enough skill to be able to get away with being that Rover type of guy, but that's the way he looks in the, in the J 20 leagues. And he's really good. Like he's really good in the J 20 leagues. Right. He just can't get away with that in the SHL. So he's not going to be able to get away with that in the NHL either. Speaking yeah, of, I... Oh, sorry. Keep going. No, I'm just, I'm agreeing. Like I, there's like these comparisons, like who's the last guy that we sort of see, come out of Sweden that looks like a rover can sort of move around doesn't really be you know doesn't really be projecting as like a, a great defender but is just so high-end offensively and we think of we think of Eric Carlson but he's such he's such an edge case at that size that I just don't I don't know how that translates to the NHL I don't know how you prepare for something like that no and that's the worry too and then the team that makes sense right they're gonna they, we've kind of heard the talk about it I think a lot of people have mentioned this by now but it's like it's a team that kind of needs like a Quinn Hughes type of player Right. Like, I just don't think Sandy Pelk is going to be able to drive a pairing like we see Quinn Hughes do. I do think he's probably going to be effective on a power play. But if that's what it, if that's the best trait that he's bringing to your team, I don't think the Canucks should go anywhere near this guy because they so have if, that already. So if we select him at 11, does this make it harder to get the interview? Then he probably doesn't listen to the podcast. I think it'd be OK. Uh, yeah. I'm sure he's heard or read something that I've wrote about him not being the guy I want. So I probably won't be talking to him anytime soon. I'll just stay uh, stay with the Abbotsford guys. <laughs> That's probably um, probably a safe play. There, I mean, there's uh, there's there's just a, a really good chance that all these defenders are going to go. We're going to see, you know, the guys that, you know, Dvorsky could go up there. I mean, one of those sort of center slash winger guys, you know, Moore is a guy that we talk about sneaking up a little bit. Out of all those wingers, like the Gabe Perros, the, the Chalets, the, I mean, are, is there anybody that you, like, wouldn't mind seeing Vancouver take as a winger, knowing that that's not obviously the, 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 the game plan going in? Yeah, I think. Barlow was a name I mentioned earlier. He's he's very interesting. I think Matthew Wood, like you, you saw it, like he grew another two inches. I think this season, like uh, in his draft year, so that's great to see. A lot of people are doing the Tage Thompson comparison there, and I know he's kind of in the same boat, like you just mentioned. Like he's a center, but is he a winger? Probably NHL going to be a winger. Uh, I like the idea of Matthew Wood. I think the potential is very high there. I also think that he he's another guy with a pretty low floor too, right? Like he could he could be the guy who's selected in the top twelve that 
puts up the least amount of points as a forward in that group. He he could be the guy who puts up the most amount of points in that group. Like it's a very up and down thing, and it's really going to be about development. So I'm curious to see with with Matthew Wood. How quickly can you get him to the AHL if he is drafted by the Vancouver Canucks? Can you get him with Abbotsford? Get him with that good development team? Like, that is the best thing I think the Vancouver Canucks did this year was develop in Abbotsford. And maybe if you have Matthew Wood and that's like the plan to to work on his game and develop him as a real guy who can contribute in your top six, like, I can get the pick there a little bit because his development is going to be so critical for how he's going to be become an NHL player. And if you do it the right way, you're probably getting a very good player in that spot. So I think uh, I like I like Matthew Wood in that spot. I like Colby Barlow just because like, he plays so hard and you watch him uh, at the U18s and he's he's killing penalties on the first unit. He's power play on the first unit and not just out there on those units, but like the most clears on the penalty kill, the most kind of breakups of passes in, in board battles. And then on the power play, he's like unleashing his one-timer from the right half wall. So it's not like he's just on those units he's doing the very important jobs for you. He's a captain out of the OHL. Just mm. makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, if you are going to go for a winger, I think Colby Barlow makes a lot of sense in that, in the 11 spot anyways. Love it. Love um, it. We just got to come in for DraftKings. Ad read. We're big <laughs> on DraftKings. Check it out. We'll be back in a second. Hey, who doesn't love the NHL playoffs? Light the lamp. During the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Don't do it later. Don't do it, you know, a couple days from now. Do it right now. Go over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app for games that are coming up, like maybe game one of the Western Conference Final between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars. Or maybe you're thinking... Hey, I enjoyed that uh, multiple overtime game against Florida and Carolina so much that I need to get in on the action for game two. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. The letters THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That is code THPN. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. You can do a ton of stuff with $150 if you're going to make that happen. So get in on there. DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code THPM. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call one 800 522 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, KS21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. And we're back. Gotta, gotta love the live stream. Gotta love the live stream. Um, speaking of, it's like, wow, that was so awkward. Like, what did they just do there? Uh, speaking of uh, the SHL, so Lakaramac, he's going over and he's going to be playing with uh, DPD. Um, Chris, being that you cover all of our prospects and everybody knows, anybody that follows the show knows that I am about as green as your your backdrop um, when it comes to prospects. What are what are we going to expect for him going over there and playing together? Like, are we going to see, you know, are we going to see the development? Like, how long is he going to be over basically before he's, he gets a shot? Either playing for Abbotsford or even a, a look in Vancouver. Yeah, and you know what? Everyone's really hoping that he's going to do one more year and then come over and be, play in Abbotsford. 
I don't think him or Elias Pettersson is coming over until they're NHL ready. I don't think we're going to, I think it's going to be two more years. The option yeah. will be there. And, and if he dominates, yeah. he's playing on Leo Carlson's wing next year. Cause I think Leo Carlson, if he's not in the NHL, he'll be back in the SHL. He's also on the Erebro team. So you can look at them and say like, yeah, if he really finds chemistry and dominates in a top six role, maybe he comes at the end of the year. But I just, you talk to these you know, you talk to people around Sweden, whether it be scouts or even some of the players will say it. And it's just a thing that's gone on for the last, what feels like 10 to 15 years. The AHL is not really a destination for these guys when they can be superstars in their home country in that league of the SHL. They could, they just want to stay there. It's more comfortable for them. And it means a lot. Like you see it more with Russians, right? Like being in the KHL as a Russian is a yeah. deal. But at the same time, these SHL guys do like being superstars in their home country. So I think it it's probably going to be two years, I think, for, for the Karamaki. Two more years in the SHL before he comes over. What's the pay gap like compared to HL to SHL? Like, is it basically pretty comparable or or is it's it like a tier team like a, the like the KHL would be? Well, if you think about it, like Jonathan LeCaramacchi, I'm assuming their salaries would actually be pretty similar, maybe higher in the SHL than you will in the AHL on a contract. But right. Here's the thing. LeCarrie Mackey's landing Bauer deals in Sweden, right? He yeah. just, uh, he had a, I think his latest Instagram post is a thing for Bauer. I don't think he's getting a Bauer deal playing in the AHL, right? right. Like he's, you know, he's getting uh Langley Ford or whatever, like down here, maybe. And they'd be, they'd Hey, be no free, up, no free ads at the same well, time. I, Langley Ford. If you want to hook us up, <laughs> I'll drive down there. Say, I'll drive down there for said, a free uh, Ford. I should have said Castle Fun Park because I, I know that for a while there, when I was, first got there, the players were actually staying uh, at Castle Fun Park. Are you and, kidding? Uh, oh my not God. even joking. Carol Plastic actually had a broken leg. Um, and if you guys, the flooding that happened in Abbotsford. Yeah, yeah he, yeah. he had to be helped out of there. A family was driving by and picked him up and drove him up the hill. Because uh, if you know where Castle Fun Park is, and you might have heard the news. It flooded yeah. completely. Just a little bit. Yeah. So he had to get all he had to leave all of his stuff and he was lucky that a family came by. He's got a full leg cast. He couldn't get up the hill oh out of the Castle God. Fun Park. So Carol Plastic, uh, he's back in his home country now. Every some people ask me every couple months, what happened to Carol Plastic? I'm like, I don't think he had the best time uh, yeah. over here in Abbotsford. The so he's back home now. Flooding's usually a deal breaker for a lot of people. It normally is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for him, with a broken leg too. He's lucky that family picked him up. But no more basement suites. No more basement <laughs> suites, guys. It's either a house or nothing out here. So that's a big segue. I mean, I, I, I was always kind of hoping and pulling for a guy like Carol Plastic. Obviously, his dad's a coach. Like, it's a mm-hmm. big deal out there. He comes up in a bit of a hockey family. Like, that's a smart pick to make, I think, for a late-round guy. So, it's too bad that he spent so much time over here injured. Like, I, I would have been a lot of fun to watch uh, to watch him do something. I think he played with his dad uh, in, like, the second oh, wow. Czech League or something. His dad was, like, 46, and he wanted to play a year with his son. I don't think he played the whole year, and he wasn't in every game because he was, like, a partial coach at yeah. the time. But, uh, yeah, he was playing with his kid for at least a few games in like the second division over there when he was 17 so pretty cool little story there. little gordy howe action <laughs> i just want to play with my kids or maybe ken griffey uh ken griffey jr kind of style at least he's probably not stealing passes like Stead, ted stole for me so <laughs> um i want to i want to stay on the abbotsford train a little bit i mean you know, first off, kudos to you. You guys did such a great job covering everything coming out of Abbotsford. It felt like I was there. Great articles dropping every day. Canucks Army. I, I mean, awesome content. I don't know. I don't know how you put out so much content. It's just, it's bonkers. I know you're in there a lot, but I think the the big thing that you were preaching this year was obviously development. The way things have changed down in Abbotsford. I mean, what what were sort of the biggest improvements from from where we were a year ago to where we are now? And what do you think is going to change heading into next season? 
Well, I think it it makes it more of a destination for for players to come, and I and I think you you don't see a lot of AHL teams that give you an opportunity to work with two Hall of Fame players and in the development team. So I think that's massive. I think the goaltenders, there's a reason why they got this Nikita Tolapilo kid. There was a lot of NHL teams after him, but the chance to work with Ian Clark and Marco Terenius, I mean, that's a great example of a very good development staff down there. Mackenzie Braid, whose mom works with, you know, John Tavares and some of the best players in the NHL for skating. Like they really have, you can say what you want about the Canucks owner. Uh, a lot of people have said a lot of things, he has invested heavily into Abbotsford being a destination for players. They're, they've done a lot of work out there. This year was even better than last year, whether it be the game presentation or the staff that's working out there. So I think that you're going to draw more of these CHL top scorers like Arshdeep Baines. But I really think this is going to be a spot that you, like I said earlier, with LeCare Mackey or Pedersen, they're like, yeah, you probably don't want to see, like they're not going to want to come over. Maybe they do a good enough job in Abbotsford to want these guys to come develop in Abbotsford in the AHL, make the AHL not look like such a crappy place like guys in Sweden look at it right now. So I think that might be the thing that changes moving forward here, but they've already done a good job of at least starting that change. And Abbotsford getting a taste of the playoffs at home was great to see. The crowd was unreal. So uh, through and through, I just think it's a lot of positive. I think it's the best story in the Canucks organization this year, though. It's just like some people be like, that's just the AHL. It's like, yeah, it is, but, they're developing NHLers now, and they have they were not doing that when the team was in Utica. So I look at it as a really positive story, and I think they're just going to build off of it. Love it. I, I've oh. muted myself. Chris, I know you got a jab, buddy. Appreciate uh, you coming out. I mean, thanks for opening the show with me. I, yeah, you know, you're you're all, you're always welcome. Maybe uh, we'll open with Ted next time. This isn't like a new thing. Him filling in for me too. So. It's not. He's uh, he's he's been in a tank top before. Like we go. We got some stories. We got some stories. Chris, thanks so much for coming by. We'll have to catch up. Uh, if you get a chance to come to Kelowna uh, before uh, you get hitched, uh, we'll make time for you, my friend. Yeah, congrats well, again. Definitely. Yeah, thanks, guys. Young stars, make uh, make the trip. The oh, we'll, we'll, meet up, uh, we'll, we'll figure out. We'll figure out something. Chris Faber from Canucks Army and Canucks Conversation and, well, I mean, the Canucks. Uh, take it easy, Chris. <laughs> See you, boys. Have a good rest of the show. Thanks, buddy. Man, great, uh, great stuff, man. I love, uh, you know, all the coverage coming out of Abbotsford. I think, I think a lot of guys, you know, want to know what's going on with with members of the Canucks that aren't the big team, right? I mean, yeah. Even the shout out to signing. I mean, he has even played for for the Abbotsford Canucks, the Nikita Tolapilo signing, right? So, mm -hmm. another huge goaltender coming over, going to be a, you know, possibly an Ian Clark guy. I mean, a lot of people are talking about what goaltending is going to look like next year. It doesn't sound like Delia is coming back. So maybe it's Tolapilo and, and Silos that are taking over the reins and like full time coming out of Abbotsford for next year. So it's going to be an interesting situation in Vancouver from a goaltending standpoint. Cause I think you got to assume that Spencer Martin's going to be the backup here again and gets another, he's got another year under his belt. So him and Demko are going to be uh running tandem. I've started to think about this goaltending thing. Cause I've been seeing it a lot. Um, not necessarily on podcasts, but a lot of shows they've been talking about like these goalie tandems, like almost like, uh, you know, not 50, 50, but definitely close to 60, 40. And I'm saying, man, like, I think you almost need like a pitching rotation. I had an article way back when we were, remember yeah, more we, than, more than two guys. Well, I, not, I remember, I remember this, the pitching rotation thing. Yeah. yeah. So no, I, I, I still think two, like that. I don't want to get stupid, but well, like, it's like Vegas. Yeah, well, yeah, five is, a, five is a little bit silly. But I think that the NHL is definitely shifting that way. Like, you don't see a guy running out, you know, 70-plus games or 
pretty rare anyway, unless the team absolutely has to. But you're seeing more you're seeing more splits. So why not lean into that and lean into favorable matchups? Like you you go into a rotation like it's going to be two. I mean, maybe you have a two one and one or or however you want to see it or just start playing off guys like I don't care how you know, I don't care if you're the best goal in your team. You don't play well against Boston or against Chicago or Vegas, you know, so we're going to put in the other guy and maybe you're wrong occasionally. But I mean, start. There's so much analytics available to everybody now. There's got to be enough out there to think, hey, you know what? Maybe there's something to this. And I know yeah, probably, I mean, when Luongo and Schneider are here, as far as money was concerned, it was a bigger ticket item. But I, I do wonder if you're going to start seeing teams start to look at a, a rotation type of, of tandem because at the end of the day, like, it is a team game. And, I mean, we can go back and talk about that 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 fabled year of 2011 when, oh, they should have put Schneider in. Well, yeah, that would have made sense statistically. did at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that did happen, unfortunately. But, I mean, at the same time, Long had two shutouts in that series, and he was likely a win away from being the Conn Smythe as well. So, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But I, I do wonder the way this NHL, like this current NHL, 2022, 2023, and likely going forward – I know it's cap space that you're looking at, but when was the last time, like maybe Florida is a team that goes all the way this year and wins. Well, Bobrovsky is, you know, he's getting paid like an elite goaltender, but Aiden Hill for Vegas, or you look at uh, like Grubauer out in, in Seattle and what they're working with. Like there's guys that are not making a lot of chatter that are making a lot of noise. And I, you know, you look at the Leafs and you look at the Oilers and where the, how far they got. And I know they got knocked out in the second round, but still, you're still getting through two rounds with guys like Skinner's up for rookie of the year. I mean, Jack Campbell still isn't really, I mean, he's not, I'm not even going to say it. He's definitely not elite. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that, you know, a journeyman guy that isn't a superstar, but they believed in enough in him that he was worth picking up. Like there's, there's a lot of these guys out there for goaltending. And I think maybe that's kind of one of those things that they start looking like if we're going to have a deep team, yeah, we might have a couple stars, but we need two guys that we can believe in for 82 games plus the playoffs and know that if you get to the playoffs that you can rely on either guy. Cause I think there's some teams where, you know, the number one goes down like, Oh man, like we saw like, was it wool that went in now? Like, well, this is inevitable. Like, we know how the series is eventually going to end, and Florida did win. So, I don't know. That's my two cents. No, I mean, I don't. I don't think you're far off. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it'll ever get to. You know, like we talked. I'll just use the NFL again as a comparison. We, we've talked about what if the NFL took the quarterback position and minimized it from a talent standpoint, and they basically run like some sort of read option where they have like four or five guys that can play quarterback for you at any time. Sure. And you don't all of a sudden you don't have to pay your quarterbacks absorbent amounts of money because at any point they could be replaced by the next guy up who understands the system. It's a culture change. And and that's that's such a college thing where where there's usually you know one or two guys sitting underneath, uh, you know a, a quarterback that runs a read option offense that can play the position because they understand the the offense right. So it's about sort of being able to make a quick decision at the right time and then you know either take the ball yourself, pitch it to a running back, or make a quick throw right. So yeah there's there's that that thought process and i think you know i've heard i mean i've heard i think it's kevin woodley was saying this too right like sometimes it's more like 
you know, it's 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 not so much that you have to have the elite goaltender. It's that you have a, a goaltender or a crop of goaltenders that are coached well and and play specifically to a team's strengths, right? So, I mean, he was talking about, um, uh, you know, a, uh, what's his face? I can't. I'm drawing a blank right now. Winnipeg goalie. How he was like the, the you know, Hellebuck is the best goalie straight on one on one in the league he thinks right but but if if the 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 defense is prone to giving up cross crease passes that doesn't play to to hellebuck strengths right yeah. so if you if you turn and model your defense to to, to only equate for straight on chances then that's going to make his his goaltending experience and and and, and accessing games significantly stronger right so mm-hmm. i think this idea and, and vancouver has done a really good job of this over the last like you know however many years obviously with their goaltending coach you know clark's done such a fantastic job but any one of these guys can sort of come in that have had multiple years in this system and it's sort of plug and play right like very obviously we're not just going to be able to go to the third and fourth and fifth string starters and not struggle we did last year but you're being taught the same things from the from the bottom exactly right and and that has to the goaltending has to align with the coaching it has to align with the defensive coaching and how you're doing coverage right so i i like this idea i don't think it's crazy and and even you know even cat silverman was saying this to us last time she was talking right when when darcy kemfer and miko ranton and we were being coached right they were being coached in a manner that was complementary to 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 arizona's system so you know it's a different story in arizona obviously right yeah the, the mindset and the theory is still there and if you can get away with having sort of this crop of goaltenders that are going to do the trick for you yeah because they can play to a skill set that then absolutely why not do that i think that's a big money savings down the road too obviously not for edmonton that's going to be a problem they're going to have to hang on to for a while yeah but that could be where the league goes i mean it's maybe it's more about the system than it is the, the it's talent. a culture change though and i re- like you remember our water cooler sports chat that we had we were thought we were going to make it big as as a blog site one day and blah 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 and i remember writing this long i was looking to i managed to report on martin grenier (laughs) there you you go (laughs) i remember going in and i was reading what i had wrote and i think i had like two spaces in this whole post like line spaces it's just like a big like long form essay basically but I still believe that there is a place for that. Back then, it was a lot crazier because there was the Jonathan Quicks out there. And, you know, again, the biggest one, because it was a Vancouver thing, was Luongo Schneider. And I know that that would have been a huge change at the time. But I do think it's changed a little bit. So I I, I could see this happening in the next three to four years. It, It is a cheaper way to go, potentially. You can still have a number one. But it doesn't have to be an elite number one. And I think you're right. You can start looking as a cap savings because now you can bring that goaltending number down and you can start putting that in other places. And I mean, the Canucks would be a great place to to adopt something like that because they are in cap trouble. Speaking of trouble, and you brought up Arizona, uh, the vote was no. The NHL is... Yeah, conf- yeah I know. It was, it was groundbreaking stuff. They're still confirming that Arizona is basically going to be playing out of uh, the mullet for another season, which is pretty brutal when you think about someone brought up like a lame duck GM or lame duck coach. Well, this is a lame duck team this year because. I'm not sure I understand. Oh, thanks, Siri. Appreciate that. They're in a position where you're, you're just you're playing in front of like your fans, but not really anymore. And now you're looking at like, well, where are we going to go? 
Should I be thinking about getting a trade? Like, these are all guys that have to think about futures and not just, you know, the team you're currently playing for. Like, well, if we're not going to be here, I should probably start getting set up to sell my house. Or if I'm renting, like, probably start looking at month to month and all, all the little things and start prepping for that next stage in in your life because clearly something's going to happen. And I know there's all this lip service how they're still going to try to make it work down in Arizona and there's got to be a way to fix it. Well, they had Ed Jovanovsky on, uh, I don't know, I saw an article on Canucks Army. I think they had him on uh, Sportsnet 650, I think, and basically said, you know, I was getting checks from the NHL. And he goes, they kept trying to make it work. And he goes, it, it just it just isn't. And we have to we have to understand that. And you have to be grown-ups about this. We all get it. I think everybody would like it to have worked as well. It's not that you want to see Arizona fail. Who could like we could care less where teams play. But if it is failing and you're costing the league as much as it is a great destination in, in Arizona to see a hockey market thrive. If it isn't working, like at some point, you got to call a spade a spade. I don't think. I mean, there's a, there's a select group of people out there that want it to fail, but I don't think anybody wants it to fail. I think no. they've just seen over the course of time that it's not working, and they they continue to see Batman try to fit his square peg into a round hole. Yeah. And people are just like, it's a joke now, right? So now everybody does want it to fail to be like, hey, I mean, how many times are you going to try to resurrect this thing from the dead, right? I mean, like the Arizona Phoenix Coyotes, right? We'll call them both. I think in this situation, it's fine to say so. They're, I don't, they're like a mullet, man. They're playing in mullet arena, but they're like a mullet, right? They're just been, you know, we'll, we'll call it a comb over. It's more of a comb over. They've been trying to hang on for way too long, right? Like it's, this team is on life support. Have you been reading my Twitter feed lately or something? Status is on no. Oh. Did you put some I made a great joke referring to that, so I'm we must be good friends because There you go. We got the mime now going on. But it's nice. been like it's just too it's too long, right? Like at some point, I think like you said, spade a spade. It's just it's it's got to happen. I don't understand I mean, I don't I know I mean, I don't know, but I'm assuming that the NHL doesn't get anything in terms of a relocation cash in right and that expansion makes me way more sense in terms of league value and how much they're turning over from a profit but i mean what what is it accomplishing there if there's if there's no gate revenue coming in i just i, I don't know five thousand seat arena we're going to do it one more time next year it doesn't make any sense it's pretty laughable at this point and i'm pretty sure that you know the league's three other big brothers and big sisters also know that the NHL is a laughing stock specifically because they have a team that's in their their league that plays in a 500 seat university arena. It I think you're right when you talk about business sense too. Like they're making all of these headways uh like digital ad boards this year how they were able to get the entire which I think I think it got nominated for a sports Emmy, which is always awesome. You're you're on mute. You're on mute. You're giving away great Great takes. I right. miss them. It was weird seeing home ads in a, in a visitor's arena. That was kind of cool. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a neat thing. So they're they're clearly trying to better the business, and they're trying to improve and get into more markets, and yet they're just holding on to like this stinky boot that just keeps getting following them around from house to house. It's like the the box comb that over. you it's the comb over. You're bringing it from house to house of all your moves. And like you're not using it anymore, and yeah. really, you know, we, it's it's time to move on. And it's it is too bad because they're adding all these gambling sites and this that they're they're trying to 
to market this league and give you access in any way possible. And yet they're really just, they keep stubbing their toe on this one situation. And like I said, it it sucks because I don't want to see, like, I think it is neat that the hockey's in Arizona. It's neat that it's in Florida and that it's working in Tampa and all these places. But you know what? You, you have to understand that as a business person, and Gary Bettman believes that he's a really good one, you you have to make a call at some point. And, I mean, admit you're, it's not that they're wrong, but finally say, okay, we've given this every possible chance to make this work, and we're finally at the end, and it just isn't anymore. The Atlanta thing happened overnight, practically. They're like, yeah, we're going to Winnipeg next week. Okay. How hard was what, that? What? What happened to the, that old arena in Glen, in Glendale? Like that was a good arena. Like I remember seeing all sorts of footage inside of what it looked like. Like what? Ha- like it's just empty. I don't know. Maybe it's like a pickleball court or something. <laughs> it's the pickleball national world championships. Exactly. So I, I don't know. I it's it is unfortunate, but it they they got to make this. They got to get this change because it's it's getting a little bit silly. That's pretty hilarious. I mean, I don't know. So. We're in the conference finals. I needed to go away. Well, it just I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's just getting so lame. So we're in the conference finals, currently watching double OT of Florida Carolina. I told Faber to, like, you know the rules of overtime, right? It's either the first minute or the last minute. Triple overtime. Yeah, I absolutely. So and of course they'll score with like two seconds left. Uh, who do you have in your final? And who do you have winning the Stanley Cup? Uh well, I mean my final got pooched a while ago so i know it uh, sucks the canucks didn't make it this year eh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, didn't get, it didn't get pooched that long ago but okay yeah i mean um yeah man i i don't know i think i i i really think florida could 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 win it all this year i i, I just uh I, I think goaltending can get hot at the right time i think you I mean, if you're watching this game because I'm not, and they just got scored against, then I'm just going to talk on my ass for the next minute or so. Yeah, I think I think they have all the pieces there that that they can catch fire, a la Tim Thomas in a final or something like that. I think that team is big enough, they're smart enough, they're they're encouraged to move pucks quickly enough out of the D, out of the D, D zone, and and the forwards and the way that whole the way the team is constructed, the 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 youth and the strength and defensive awareness that 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 squad has and you're sketching me out with all your looks away to the I can't help it man I I had to know because it was still on like I feel like I feel like Florida could be the one that wins this thing and and I'm sure that like minutes after this they're gonna get scored on and I'm gonna look like a fool for it but they just I don't know we're gonna lock eyes I won't I won't look away I promise we'll lock eyes I won't look away who do you have out west who's going to the final then I I just don't know. I'm just Vegas. Know. It's Vegas. I, 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 I mean, I guess, I guess so. Like, like man, Dallas looks really good. Like, I, 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 I just. I, just I think I look at that, and I, I feel like I could be wrong and right at the same time. That Vegas or not Vegas, the Seattle Dallas series was kind of win lose, win lose, win lose. Like it was someone's game every game. It was there was no like. You know, there's no consistency in that series. I think Vegas hasn't brought their best game yet. I think Team Mark's. Depth, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a ridiculously dominant. I mean, Dallas team, right? has I mean, been it, it stupid is weird good them too. Being on, 
whatever the 17th string goaltender right now. Like, <laughs> I feel like, I mean, and then, and then we flip across to Dallas and it's Ottinger. Like now we're talking about a top 10 goaltender, right? I mean, totally, you know, and, and, you know, the ghost of Joel, Joel Pavelski just kind of coming back and, and he's and man. And right? he's been so good. He's been so good. Like been, yeah. pot and four goals coming back. Like, you know, the rooster, I think it would be really funny if it was like a Carolina Dallas final. Like, oh. I think that would be the NHL's worst nightmare in the scenario that we're sitting in right now. The so dead puck era. Pretty hilarious, right? I'm, I don't know in terms of who's the biggest market out of all those all those teams, but you know, I feel like obviously Vegas is a big draw. But I mean, I think Vegas has something to prove this year with. I, I think Mark you Stone being as old of a franchise as you are and having something to prove. I know it sounds stupid to say. <laughs> I look at Mark Stone. I don't think he has shown up yet. In, like he's been there, but I don't think he has been a difference maker. Like in the sense of like changing the game. And I think Jack Eichel is ready to take that next big step. And he's a superstar. But you know, sometimes when a guy like has his blast off point, like Jack Eichel, and I know that's it sounds stupid saying it out loud. But, like, he's the kind of guy, like, he could be in the Stanley Cup and Jack Eichel could be, he could, like, just blast off. this cup and go on an absolute tear for the next six years. Exactly. Like, I just feel like there's something there with Vegas. They have this this weird feeling. And you look at their goaltending. and you're kind of biased a little bit because I know you went to a game there. I've been there once. Yeah, I know. And neither of those goaltenders were there when I went. Jack Eichel wasn't there either. Mark Stone was there. So that, that was like ten goaltenders ago. That was ten goaltenders ago. That was uh oh man. I think Malcolm Subban was there, maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean I mean you think I mean there was that one year, I can't remember what they were on like a fifth or strict sixth string goaltender. They had to call up like a That was in their opening year. An emergency call up to come play for them. Like just crazy. And they were still winning. They were on an absolute rush of goaltending. Which is, I mean, unheard of at that point. It was just too ridiculous, and yet they kept winning. Uh, I see so them. Got Vegas from the West. Like, what do you? What Vegas, do you Florida, man. And I think it's a coin toss. Yeah, I mean, I, either of those teams, I think. I mean, the league is going to benefit in terms of free agency and player availability from either of these teams winning. But it's, it, I mean, yeah. Like, I, I, I really like what Florida's doing, but I mean. I'm really good with either team coming out of the East right now because Carolina is so much fun to watch as well. Yeah, I don't know. Carolina just kind of bores me. Like they're they're kind of just they're kind of just the team. Like, yeah, we get it. You're pretty decent. Like you got this far, so clearly something's working for you. But nothing excites me about Carolina. There's no Sebastian Ajo. I mean, I'm not staying up late and watching Sebastian Ajo highlights. I'm sorry. I'm not That's because he plays in Carolina. That's that probably. Oh, I we well. Didn't I say that they should trade for him? Yeah. No. That's exactly why I brought it up. Oh, it's well, well played, well played, yeah. well played. Um, so we're we're almost done here on our our first ever show. We've gone over a little bit of everything. This has been fun so far. I do appreciate uh, you joining a guest hosting tonight. Uh, Faber had to leave early, so uh, if I'd love you to come back next week if possible. Well, I'm, I was happy to pick up for Faber in his, in his absence. So a couple things. Everybody knows that I'm on the road a lot. And I swear to you, this is two days ago. I swear on my life that I saw Bill Goldberg in a Honda Fit the other day. 
driving behind me. I lucked. I had to do like a triple take because I thought. Are you like Bill Goldberg or like John Cena light like we saw at the concert? No, man. Like this was, it wasn't like, he wasn't like, I, I had the face for sure. And I was trying to get like the upper body because it looked weird that he was in that vehicle. So then I'm doing like a whole checklist of things. So maybe not John Cena. It's like, I got a four. It would be like John Cena two and a half so level two and a half john cena but it was it was pretty cool i i it made me kind of giggle and then i just got back to listening to some uh three days grace so um you, you know as as one would as one would uh, I, I mean it's probably been 15 years since somebody's mentioned three days grace but yeah it probably means that that's our outro track <laughs> we don't want to get sued uh and then finally i think Especially we by three days grace that's that's true we'll we'll find something like pain or riot maybe that's a good one good song I, i'm coming to the realization that maybe maybe we as Kelowna-ites, as as people in Kelowna, are so spoiled that we've already started to find things that we that we need to complain about you know what I mean? Like it has been absolutely insanely hot the last couple of weeks. We're complaining that summer came early. No, we're not. We're complaining Some, about the smoke. Well, not today we are, but like three days ago, we're thinking like just give us a little bit more spring so we can get ready for summer. You know what I mean? People are saying this. I've been listening. I've been. Uh, what kind of people you hang out with? Not good ones. What kind of people are buying carpets these days? <laughs> The people that don't like the sun, apparently. People that don't like the sun. But you know what I mean? Like, we're we're complaining about all the wrong things. I think we have it so good here that we're like, oh, it should be this and this and this. So, Do you think that's like, I mean, I know we're, we're obviously stretching to the end here, but like, do you think that that's like, that's the new like, oh, how about the weather today? Or like, how about that heat? Like yeah. the new thing you're saying to be like, I'm in the know with weather stuff now. So I'm saying like, oh, we barely had any spring this year. That's maybe that's the new thing, yeah. Like, oh, then we just skipped summer and went right to winter. How about that fake summer? Yeah. You know. <laughs> we we're getting specific with our how about yeah. the weathers now. It's everybody not even. Know. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that that was you know, summer of deception was actually spring. You just called it something different. Yeah, I just it's just weird right now. The smoke is. There was some rain at the ball game tonight, which was awesome. We lost eleven ten. In case you're wondering, I was wondering. Uh, Broken Trojans. Are that team? Eleven to ten, man. It was close. We almost got in there. We had two. We gave. We put up two scoreless innings on them. Like we we stopped them from scoring for two innings. Not mm. and maybe vice versa. I can't remember. That's a tough team. It was a tough team, but we got that girl out anyway. So small victories, <laughs> and Steve didn't have to play shortstop. So it was it was good. It was good. It was a good time. I went three for nice. four. I'm back. We'll have to get Faber to come. We'll stick him in the game for like one shot. Absolutely, just and we got to get you to got to get you to bring your uh, your player of the game award because oh yeah yeah got to start giving that away out because I mean I now just, that I you're ha- I haven't been there yeah now that you're back and healthy it's not really uh you know. Oh, look at that thing. That thing is like an absolute unit. Can't believe you made this thing. It is beefy. Well, I mean, I I, I did part of it. I don't have a CNC well, machine, so. I think so. you were the you were the 
the driving force behind this. I believe I was. So yeah, it's cool. We're we're a cool gang. Um, everybody, this has been a lot of fun. Obviously, our first show on the Hockey Podcast Network. We like to thank everybody for for commenting along. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, Andrew has been in it pretty much from the beginning. He's he's got Matthew to Chuck taking uh, the consmite this year. Summer's my favorite season. I think everybody likes summer. If you live out in this neck of the woods, summer's summer's where we go crazy out here. We do appreciate everybody that's come along for our first show. This has been a lot of fun. Obviously, check out DraftKings. DraftKings, 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 and Raycon as well. Check out Raycon. They've got some wicked headphones that uh, maybe we'll be wearing Raycon sooner or later. Who knows? It's entirely possible. Now, new new beginnings here. New beginnings on the PP1 podcast. we got a big summer planned. We're working on a few guests that uh, aren't going to make sense to you, but you're going to love them when they come on. So, uh, Ted, I mean, any final words? Any Anything you'd like to get off your chest? No, I, I, I just realized now that there was a comment section open, so I'll be... Uh... I'll be more sure to check that next time. But yeah, the, yeah, thanks to Andrew for hanging out basically the whole the whole time. And sorry, summer's brutal, man. But if you're down here, you should look us up. Yeah, it's this. This is where it's at. This is where it's at. So, on behalf of my good friend Ted, I am Ryan, rocking the OG PP1 podcast hat. That's at the vintage. Vintage, yeah. We're 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 so old now. We have vintage apparel. It's wild. This is the PP1 Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Peace out.